0: Welcome back to What's the Deal with Alex. I'm your host, Alex. So let's just jump right into it. Uh, The first thing I want to talk about are some things that I hate, like always. Well, first, I want to mention and I want to talk about um, that it's been a long time since I've, uh, I I mean, it seems like it's been a long time, September 3rd right now, and the last time I uploaded was the 24th. Uh, so I'll try to have that not be a normal thing in the future. Um, just was dealing with some, uh, some personal things and then life kind of took over and took president over this, uh, I guess you could say hobby. So I just want to kind of get that out of the way before I get into things that I hate and start complaining. So first thing that I hate, um, and like it's a thing that I hate and I understand to an extent, I guess why it happens. Um, i mean yeah that's what i said to an extent i understand but there the the rest i don't and, and that's uh the phenomena of uh washing your clothes in a washer i guess um if you don't have a, a clothes washer like a, a machine that washes your clothes for you if you don't have that uh, you should really get one it's pretty nice um but it's not nice if you plan on forgetting your clothes in there and leaving them i guess uh semi like damp you know because this this does a pretty good job of draining all the water out and so they're just kind of you know damp and so you might be thinking to yourself why would you hate that um it's not the fact that it cleans my clothes it's the fact that um i don't know part of me wishes there was a two-in-one right a washer and dryer right as soon as it's done washing it can then dry your clothes right afterwards or something like that because uh in my mind I, I'm thinking if if the clothes are clean, as I' as I'm saying and I, I'm kind of thinking about it, like I kind of make sense the even if they're a little damp, you know that's just how bacteria and things get in there. Um, it's not like it's a hermetically sealed environment and I didn't introduce any organisms in there. But I guess the thing is, I guess I could replace what I hate there is the fact that I hate that technology uh, companies, haven't done any R&D in a two-in-one washer dryer setup. I mean, there's two-in-one shampoo that can, I mean, there's like four-in-one. It can like uh, be your body wash. You can wash your hair with it. You can clean your face with it. And then I think you can use it to shave with it too or something like that. Um, they can't do that with a, a dryer and a washer. Like, come on, son. That's crazy. I mean, they, they did it with a refrigerator and freezer, right? It's just one big machine. Uh, so uh, come on scientists um next thing i hate is cat pee um why has it got to be like extra stinky right i know pee is uh like a waste from your body you're getting rid of things that your body either didn't need to use or doesn't want uh and so it's bound to smell bad you know um but like for a cat why cats why don't like my dogs when they pee on stuff if a dog pees there's a a chance it might not even smell at all if it's just like they got excited and they like piddled a little bit but like maybe it's just because of where my cat has peed in the past um just on like on things uh, on the bed uh that's always the worst because like you got to take the covers off and the sheet everything has to be kind of taken out you got to like you know try to get the smell out of the mattress as best you can and Uh, I mean, and you can't like teach the cat not to do that. It's a cat. They they don't, they can understand. I'm sure there's a part of the cat that understands right and wrong. it's like, and it's choosing to do this anyways. Um, So I hate cat pee. I think lots of people do, but I just hate the fact that not that it's pee or it's from a cat. It's the fact that it smells so bad and it's so potent and lingers, right? Like if you get it on your clothes or something, like you have to, you may have to wash your clothes in the washer. That it's not a two-in-one. Wash them in the washer multiple times in a row. Um, so yeah, that's not that's not an unpopular opinion. It is a hating cat pee? I can't blame the cat. I'm not mad at the cat per se. Well, I am mad at the cat, but at the end of the day, it's an animal. Um, I you know what am I gonna do? Um, And then another thing, I have two more things that I hate. And these are not, these are not, it's not a strong hate, right? I'm not committed to hating this, right? I would give it up in a a heartbeat. Um, But I would say I don't like most cheese. I think like the major cheeses that you can think of off the top of your head, I'm I'm down for. But like anything more fancy than those, right? I'm talking like cheese that I like would be provolone or Swiss um, or like American cheese. (laughs) Cheddar, cheddar, maybe. maybe, like I really, really light like cheddar. I don't even really like cheddar like that's like, like, fancy, like strong cheddar. I don't like that taste. I don't like most cheeses. If it's blue, don't eat it. If it stinks, why are you eating that? If what? No, I'm not. Like, who wants to eat stinky stuff? Stinky cheese, stinky food at all. So no, I don't. I don't like cheese very. I don't like that kind of stuff. I don't like cheese in general. Gouda. No, thank you blue cheese pass, you know, is that even really cheese? I don't know. Uh, next real quick. And I think a lot of, it's like 50, 50, this might be controversial, but, um, like just non-plastic straws or just, I guess I should refine it and be more, more specific, uh, and say, uh, paper and, or like just, yeah. Any straw that's not rigid. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, when you first get the paper straw or the recyclable straw or whatever, like it's, it is straight and like usable as a straw. But like after, you know, 20, 30 minutes and it's just sitting in there, it just feels gross. It like, it gets wet from your mouth and the drink coming in. So at the tip of it, it just feels like you're, you're, it's like a cardboard thing that you're sucking on. And I'm like, that's what it feels like. The wetness of it. Nobody enjoys that. And so, you know, my question is, like, how much more expensive can it be for a restaurant? I'm talking a decent sized restaurant. If that has like they have metal utensils, right? Metal forks and knives. And even uh, if it's a really, you know, it's a real uppity place like uh, like an Applebee's or something like that. They might even they might even have extra cutlery that you could use for bigger uh, c- cuts of meat and stuff like that. Um, if they're able to do, to do that, no problem. Why not just use metal straws? Um, I'm sure there's a way to do it. Like I don't, I don't get it. Like, you can't say oh because they're they're they'd be too dangerous. I'm like, there's forks and knives that are metal right here, so pass. Um, people steal them. Well, are they stealing your silverware? No why would they all of a sudden start stealing your straws? What? Um, And if they're stealing your straws, like their life has got to be something, that's something else. I I don't know. I don't know if that's a, that's a new low that I haven't experienced where I feel the need to steal from a restaurant to have like utensils at my house. So like, yeah, if you don't want plastic straws because they, you know, every turtle is just like, it's like when a bug sees, you know, a bright light, you know, like it has to go to it turtles by nature. It's like, it's an instinct. When they see a straw, they have to put, they have to shove their nose onto it instantly. They have to die from the straw somehow. It's just like, just part of nature, right? So I, you know, maybe we don't want plastic straws. um, But like metal, what's wrong with metal? Or uh, like, like a really, really tough plastic or something. I don't know. Uh, I mean, then you could just clean it like you do everything else. I, I don't, I don't know, It, yeah. I just don't like the, the the what the market has offered as a replacement for regular plastic straws. Um, it seems like a, a non-issue, really. I don't even know why we had to replace plastic straws in the first place, but whatever, man. You know, you, you got to live with with uh, what you got. And uh, so, yeah, those are some things that I hate. And now I want to move into um, something that I think I talked about a little bit in my last podcast, but like I said, that was you know, a while ago. And so a lot's happened since the last time we got together. And um, so in Afghanistan, we're out. America is completely out. They're out, what, August 29th. That's when they, you know, Joe Biden had a speech and the government declared, There's, the war's over. We're out. We're done. Uh, even though there were a couple hundred U- U- U.S. citizens, uh, people that wanted to leave but couldn't, that are trapped in Afghanistan. Um, and there's really not, they're, 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 I mean, they'll talk about it now, but in a month, is anyone going to ask or care about these people that are left in Afghanistan? No, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure the, you know, us government doesn't, the department of defense secretary, of defense, all, all those people, they don't really care. Like, I mean, it's kind of confusing because in the, uh, what do you, Press conference that he did, that Joe Biden did, declaring the war's over. He's saying there are no, there will be no more troops in Afghanistan, none, no more, ever again. We're done. But then says we need to fight this thing called ISIS K, it's offshoot of ISIS or something. Those are the real bad guys, and they're mostly in Afghanistan, so we need to go and fight them. So okay, so we we are sending troops back to Afghanistan. I don't understand. Um, I don't, I don't get it. I don't know why we were able to evacuate hundreds of, you know, over a hundred thousand Afghan people and they're going to be U S citizens eventually. And then actual U S citizens get left there. And it's kind of like, good luck. I mean, could you imagine being stuck in Afghanistan? Where do you go? Everywhere you look, uh, is like, it's more danger. Uh, so I'd be scared to death because, I mean, if you're American you're, and the Taliban finds you, you're screwed. If you're, if you're a native Afghanistan person, Afghani or whatever they're called, um, or Afghan, I've heard it both ways. Um, and they know, they find out that you helped America at some point, they're going to execute you instantly. Um, so ta- the, the, the Taliban, for some reason, you know, when, when we went over there in the first place, it was to remove the Taliban Right. So they couldn't have some sort of like base of operations to plan more terror attacks. And then 20 years later, the Taliban has taken over, but they're different this time. They're not they're not bad. They're good. It's a good Taliban. Doesn't that sound ridiculous? Um, But on Reddit, there was a post. So there was a a telegraph uh, article, which if I go to the website and try to read the article, I can't. I have to sign up. So dumb, but the headline is the Taliban, Taliban declares China, their closest ally. Um, so someone who actually is paying for this posted the, the bulk, the meat of the article and it says, um, China is Taliban's principal partner in the international community. Um, Taliban spokesperson claimed, I'm not gonna try to say that the dude's name. Has claimed Beijing was ready to invest and reconstruct Afghanistan. Sounds great, man, isn't that what you want? Uh, it's like there's a Drake song where he's like, "My enemies want to be friends with my other enemies." This is kind of like what's happening: is that uh, we will the government won't say it. The Taliban's not our enemy anymore. We're like w- working with them. Uh, well, it's in their hands, it's in their court. That's that they'll say like, "Oh, it's up to them." You know, if they screw up, we're gonna be mad about it. But, you know, they know nothing's going to happen. But then, you know, China is, I think, absolutely, undoubtedly an enemy of the state, I would say. Not, like, outright war, but, like, um, there's definitely some tension there. And so, they're being friendly to each other. They're probably going to be friendly with Russia, definitely with Pakistan. That's not good for Israel. That's not good for uh, in uh, India or any of those. Like, this is this is awful. I mean, this is a uh, bad all around. But yeah, I can't believe the Taliban. It's just like they're just like yeah. We're we're uh, we have our own country. And then if you try to uh, say because there's also news going around that about how much military stuff was left behind when we just dipped, and how we just like armed the Taliban. Uh, to a level that like would rival other countries in the area. Um, but people would be like, no, we destroyed most of it, right? We decommissioned it, you know, so it wasn't usable. And so the, this article here is uh, saying the Taliban is quote, angry and disappointed after the U S disabled military equipment before leaving. Uh, so it said it, the U S decommissioned 27 Humvees and 73 aircraft before leaving Kabul so, you think that, okay, that makes sense. Well, nice. So, maybe it's just like a false narrative. Um, that's not the case because between the years between uh, 2017 and 2019, this is what was given to the Afghan army, which just collapsed instantly. So, uh, you know, we'll go back. So, it says uh, they decommissioned, um, what, 27 Humvees and 73 aircraft. Wow. That. That'll show them, right? Now they got nothing. Uh, we won't even talk about how many weapons and stuff like that, how much weaponry and defense stuff was given to the Afghan Afghanis between 2003 and 2016. We'll just talk about from 2017, 2019. The United States, this is from The Hill, uh, gave Afghan forces over 7,000 machine guns, 4,700 Humvees, Two thousand, said twenty thousand hand grenades, twenty five hundred bombs, thirteen hundred grenade launchers, along with other equipment. Um, so, so yeah, I don't think it, you know, decommissioning uh, twenty seven Humvees. It really, really matters. Um, I just like the the amount, like how much. I mean all that money all that time all the people who died in afghanistan this i mean how do you are you proud is anyone in america proud that this happens right i know like there's a funny thing on twitter someone was like how why does joe biden always do press conferences like in the afternoon cuz people on the on the pacific coast on the west coast it's like too early in the day right they got other stuff going on they won't be able to watch it most presidential addresses or at night when someone had said like oh you know soup is served you know 5 p.m. sharp so he has to like be done and get to eating eating soup so he can be in bed by you know 6 30 and the, the joke there is that he's mad old which he, he, he is um, and then it's like there was a suicide bombing and when they were there, there was this dignified ordeal that happens all the time during wartime um, when they land at some base and they take the caskets and they transport them over to a different pl- plane and like i guess they then they once it lands in america then they go out to their respective places and every single time according to the, to one of the family members who was there watching their loved one their son or daughter um, in a in a casket being moved over it's this big thing i can't remember what it's called but it's this it's this big thing um, that george w bush used to do and not tell anybody not have the press there, no pictures were taken. He would go um, without any fanfare, and then he would also call the families of fallen soldiers, and just sometimes it would be they really appreciate it, and other times they would be super mad and yell at him, and he would just take it. Um, but contrast that to some of the feedback that um, these gold star families have had when they talk to Joe Biden, um, they're already angry and upset, right? Because it's not too much of a leap to say like he is responsible for the deaths of those 13 people because the Taliban said to the government, Joe Biden, you know, he is the Ch- commander. Ajith, uh, do you guys want to keep Kabul for right now and get your people out and then we'll take over. And the U S government said, no, you guys got it. You guys can control and, uh, you make you take over security and all that stuff and then what happens like a day or two later there's a suicide bombing from a quote-unquote isis-k that killed 13 people that should not have died and every single time they would transfer a casket over joe biden would check his watch you know and it's like whether or not that's just like a tick of his or he didn't realize it like you gotta you gotta have some self-awareness right like you that's not the time to check your watch. That's not the time to really be doing anything, but having your full attention on what is happening in front of you. I mean, that's just like common sense. When I went to DC and they they do the, I think it's called Exchange of the Guard or or, or something like that for the um, Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. You know, like you know, you just know, without even being told, like you know, like you shouldn't talk, turn your phone off or at least make it silent, and just pay attention. Don't speak. Don't make a noise. Don't do anything. Just observe. Be patriotic, right? Feel it, you know? That's it. Why does he have to check his watch? Where does he got to be, you know? I just don't know how you can look at the outcome of the U.S. pulling out of Afghanistan as a success in any regard, right? This seems like almost on purpose, right? Um, Which would be like, then it's like, "Eh, I don't know. Um, There's a saying, uh, it's like... Be careful what you attribute to like intelligence and design when it can be easily explained with uh just raw stupidity, right? Maybe this it you know, this going so poorly wasn't by design, but they're just really bad at it. You know? I don't you know, looking back on it, I don't know why Joe Biden was so obsessed with the agreed upon timeline that they have with the Taliban. Like, why are we taking orders or trying to follow along with what the Taliban wants? Oh, we don't want to make them angry. I, I don't understand. Um, but yeah, so there, they have a ton of planes and weapons and guns and stuff now. So if I'm Israel, I'm, I'm a little nervous. Uh, I mean, I don't know what the next couple of months or a year, cause it's not going to take long for them to do something, something crazy. More and more stuff is going to come out of, Afghanistan, but I just can't believe the Taliban, they just let them take over. Like what? I don't know. Um, yeah. So that was interesting. Um, yeah. And so it's, it, it ends up being like between over the years, just in, since 2016, like, you know, tens of billions, if not a little, a little, over a couple hundred billion dollars worth of planes, guns, ammunition. Uh, and, and they didn't even include in the Hill article, um, you know, communications equipment, um, intelligence, reconnaissance stuff, all kinds of classified information that might have been there. Um, so, like, they, they're they now, um, like, armed up and ready to commit genocide on people who, you know, helped the United States or people who are friendly to the United States. They're now gassed up and ready to go. So... Yeah, but I I know that's kind of like out of the mainstream news, so people don't want to talk about it. But, I mean, could you imagine if this had happened underneath, like, George W. Bush or Trump or any other? I mean, (laughs) what was it? Uh, So there were... i got to do the research real fast. So I did some Googling. Uh, It was... So Jimmy Carter... Right, everybody hates that guy a lot of people look back and have not that bad of a <clears throat> outlook on him but during his time as president there were people taken hostage in Iran right I'm not going to give you the nitty gritty details or whatever um, but for 444 days they were held hostage and then they were released the day Ronald Reagan got inaugurated because they knew that if they held the rest of the hostages any longer, uh, Reagan would be uh, wiping them off the face of the planet with random bombs from every direction. I think Reagan really took to heart the uh, philosophy that... Um, who was it? Roosevelt? Not not, not the mm-hmm. big governor Roosevelt, but the other one. Um... He talked about Theodore Roosevelt, Teddy Roosevelt. That's right. He had a saying uh, to speak softly and carry a big stick, and I think Ronald Reagan really did that because uh, he spent a lot of money on national defense uh, and DoD stuff, space force and or Star Wars. He wanted some sort of like laser guidance technology to be able to shoot Russian nukes out of the sky. You know, he's you know big. Big, big idea, big dreamer kind of guy when it comes to defense, and uh, he also wouldn't play around. Um, so if they didn't release any of the hostages, uh, he would not have hesitated, and uh, I think that he would have just he would have rescued the hostages and then destroyed the people in charge there. Uh, but I just think it's funny that you know, for hundreds of days they were held hostage, and then the day of. Just minutes after his uh, inaugural address, the hostages were released, and then it says there are conspiracy theories on, as to why. Yeah, I'm sure it's always gotta, it can't just be what I just said, right? It can't be the most simple explanation. It's got to be some sort of uh, conspiracy theory as to why they did it for Reagan and not for uh, not for Carter. So uh, that's a little ridiculous, I think, in my in my opinion. Okay, so next I want to talk about some things I found on Reddit. And so this one is a a no stupid questions one, which I have a feeling it's going to be very stupid. So this is what it says, and this was posted seven months ago. Says, does anyone else hate how the internet now feels like seven major websites, which are all interconnected, whereas it, whereas it used to feel like a vast place with something new around every corner? I mean, I don't know. It's such like a innocent question, um, but it is kind of dumb. But I, you know, maybe it is important to talk about in their world how the internet is. But if you're, and he capitalizes the I and in internet like what as if it's like some sort of deity um now if it's like seven major websites but it doesn't name them they're all interconnected how no answers to that whereas it used to feel like a vast place uh, it still is like i think i think if you feel like the internet is just seven major websites like you're using the internet wrong right the the internet is, is still a very vast wide open array it can be as vast as you want it to be or it's closed off as you want it to be like having just the seven major websites. Um, but, but I'm, I'm assuming like one of those major websites would, or two of them, but one of them probably would be like Twitter, Facebook or Reddit. You know, it's like where it's like, it's not Twitter who is giving me the news, right? It's people on Reddit that are tweeting about news stuff. Uh, they're posting articles on there and stuff like that. It's not actually like sponsored content from Twitter or Facebook it's just people talking. Um, and that's, and it's like, if you don't like that, then you can find your own, you can find blogs all the time. Just look just start Googling things and go, go past the first page of Google. You know, sometimes that's, that can be interesting. So yeah, I I just think you you must be using the internet wrong. Um, this guy says it's homogenous. Now I disagree. Uh, your, your, the, the internet is not I think the internet that they're thinking of is not the internet that I'm thinking of um, here this guy shares my sentiments not that the internet has gotten small but people's browsing patterns yeah exactly I think um, if you were to ask this guy does he know what DuckDuckGo is you know he probably doesn't um, does he know of any other search engine to use besides Google probably not so it's like, um, I mean, this guy seems like he, I mean, he's probably young, but this seems like a very boomer question, very old person to ask or old question to ask, you know, does anyone hate how the internet now feels like, like it, it, you seem very like, um, I don't know, like a creaky old man complaining about rock and roll, you know, uh, maybe you're the problem, not the, uh, the internet. Um, and then the next one is from No Stupid Question. Um, we'll see how we'll, we'll be the judge of that. And this is from eight months ago. It says, "If every single American teen suddenly pulled themselves up, and they put this in quotes, pulled themselves up by their bootstraps and got a high school and college degree, wouldn't we still have poor people because we will always need blue collar workers like janitors, cashiers, and high paying jobs are limited." And then he does in his his description says, my point is, do we overemphasize the ability of individuals to make it to the top if they just try hard enough within our current system? Is the system rigged in a sense so that trying and dedication aren't actually enough? So I've thought about this question for a little bit because this was, you know, I had found this question a a a couple days ago. So I've been thinking about it. I don't know why he puts into air quotes pull themselves up by their bootstraps. Um, I don't know. You're asking a question. If every single American, every single American teen suddenly did the, like, I don't, that it will never happen. You, you won't be able to get every single American team to do the same thing. Right. It, so that it, it is kind of a dumb question because, or at least, at least say this is hypothetical or something. Um, because they're not. They're saying if in this current system, in reality, if this happened, so I guess it is kind of a hypothetical, but on the basis of real life, right? So within our current system, is the system rigged in a sense so that trying and dedication aren't actually enough? Sometimes it's true, trying and dedication, right? Because like, there's different, le- different levels to trying and dedication. How dedicated are you? That's a spectrum. How hard are you trying? It's a spectrum. And then there's a luck element in there too, right? But in a general sense, which doesn't mean there aren't exceptions in a general sense, you will succeed. At least you'll be successful, right? Like in high school basketball, let's say you weren't lucky with genes, So, uh, you don't hear growth spurt until later. And it doesn't even really help because you end up only being five, eight, right? So, but if you work your Bo- booty off right you work super hard on your conditioning you work out you lift you work on your speed drills you get good at being able to dribble and uh shoot you know would you work hard and you're dedicated to the craft of basketball huh you know yeah yeah if every player on the team on the team did that then there would be some players on the bench that uh are are better than the than i guess where they are on the bench. I don't know. I just think, you know, we can't tell everybody to try their hardest because we've got to have people that are janitors and cashiers. Um, So if we just keep walking down this path, this hypothetical path and and reach its logical conclusion. So if we tell, if every teen all of a sudden got real high and mighty and decided I'm going to graduate high school and go to college with, and get a degree in something meaningful, um, wouldn't we still have poor people? Um, probably because some people, this is why I don't agree with the, the initial starting spot. I don't know what, what you call that in, in debate or logic. Um, I, I don't agree with the starting, like every single team is something gonna can, cause not every team is able, right. Or wants to, or is willing. Right. I think dedication or trying, uh, is important. Like, cause you, cause then you're saying like, do they have any role to play in the system? Right. So if, are you saying that trying and dedication should be removed from the equation entirely that no matter how hard you try, no no matter how little you try or how little you're dedicated to it, you should still just like get whatever you want. I don't know. Um, I think if every American teen suddenly pull themselves up by their bootstraps, I'm just trying to stop saying that. I hate that. But then we'll just, did well in high school and and did well in college, I think we'd all be better off. Uh, we have poor people probably, um, because there's a lot of different ways you can become poor. You can be, you can make bad decision. Um, it's usually just bad choices, um, that lead you to being considered poor. I think our definition of poor would change in this hypothetical world. You would still need people to work as janitors and cashiers. Yeah. The goal, the reason those jobs exist are for the unskilled. So if you're saying that everyone now is skilled, yeah, there are going to be skilled people who are working as janitors or cashiers. It's like um, back in the day, graduating high school was good enough. All you needed was your high school degree. Now you need your your, uh, high school degree, your GED or whatever, and a four-year degree. And now we're starting to get to a point in some fields where it's now you have to get the four year degree plus your, your, your post um, your post-grad. So it's like eventually, so you're saying if everybody has a college degree and everyone's really smart and everyone tries their hardest and stuff, um, then I think wages would just go up for every position, right? Um, because you would be overqualified to be a janitor or cashier. And most of the time, janitors and cashiers, why can't those jobs be held by people in high school and people in college? Right. Um, Or maybe when you first graduate college, you work those jobs until, you know, while you're interning somewhere. I don't know. Um, I just think that, if there's a it's supply and demand, so if there's a low supply of people who only know how to do low skill and low, low low knowledge work, there's a low supply, then the price will go up. Janitors will just get paid more or get automated out. Cashiers just get automated out away. Um, but the, the fact, I mean, this is it's, it's a stupid, I can't remember the logical t- fallacy which one it is, but this will never happen. So what is the point, right? The only reason there are poor people and people who have to, can only work as janitors, people who can only work as cashiers, even whenever they're 40 or 50 or, or even younger. Um, it's like, well, because maybe that's all they They're capable of doing. Maybe that's all they want to do. Um, and maybe that's all they can do based off previous decisions. They're not employable anywhere else other than as a you know custodial or cashier or uh, construction worker or ditch digger or whatever um so it's like i don't agree with this if every single american teen suddenly yeah i mean if every american teen suddenly uh knew how to fly how'd that affect with like the economy like this is this is a stupid question and um You know, it sucks that I wasted so much time thinking about it and talking about it just now. Um, All right. So more politics. Uh, If you hate it, uh, you can hit the pause button and uh, I'll see you later. Uh, Son, if you can't handle the heat, get out the kitchen. So I want to talk about, and I don't have any articles or anything like that. I just want to talk about what's been going on and reaction to the Texas state law that would ban. See, this is where I don't like the the terminology, but air quotes, bans abortions after six weeks, after fetal heartbeat is detected, which is around six weeks. could be even earlier sometimes too. But once a fetal heartbeat is detected, I think they might've just said six weeks. Um, but at six weeks, anything past that you you're not allowed to really get an abortion that's but the way they wrote the law and this is why i put air quotes around banning is because usually when you think of something being banned right um it'll be enforced some way by the state um there's a federal ban on a lot of drugs so that's the whole point of like the dea and stuff they focus on Enforcing that and finding people who deal, finding people who use. Um, so, but in this case, the reason the Supreme court narrowly five to four didn't just immediately step in overnight was because the way the law is written, there is no one to sue yet. The government, it, it's not like it goes into effect and now the government will start shutting down these clinics that perform abortions. It's that, Individuals um, can sue clinics or other people directly for if they know about the abortion. So, for example, if I have a friend and I know that she's, she's been seeing this doctor at this clinic about getting this abortion, and I know for a fact she's been pregnant for, you know, like 12, 13 weeks or something, um, I could sue her. More likely, I would sue the doctor sue the physician the abortionist um, I think that's what they're called if you want to be real mean I guess uh, you could sue them and then take them to court and they would pay you 10 grand uh, I'm sure there's more nuance to the law but in a general sense that's what it boils down to and the reason the Supreme Court can't jump in right away is because that's not the government doing it that's not the state banning or doing anything it's people. And it's like individuals who are suing doctors who are performing um, abortions. And so there's a couple of things that aren't necess- There, They're probably arguments or things that you've heard of, or, you know, I'm not the first person to think this or to have this opinion. Um, but there's, there's a couple parts I want to break down. The first is just fetal heartbeat bans on abortion in general. Because I think there are other ones in the United other states that have similar things or are going to have similar laws, um, and of course the response by people who I, I would say if you're just on the left in general, because you if if you're pro life and then you're also a tried and true lefty, you're like you know really hardcore left, but you're pro life. I don't see how that cognitive dissonance doesn't just like you just self implode, turn into fire. Um, I don't understand how that could be possible. So I would uh, attribute the response as being from everyone on the left is that they hate this and they, they, it's a tragedy. It's a catastrophe, right? That more babies will be born, right? What a terrible thing, right? What a horrible, horrible, awful thing. That after you detect a heartbeat, right? that's not even that, like at conception or whatever. It's we've det- we've detected a separate heartbeat from the mother, and they still want to kill it, and they are upset that they can't. That's insane to me. Like, do, I, they, there's got to be some level of they're just ignoring themselves when they make this argument. Those people who are quote unquote pro-choice, right? That's not what, again, it's playing with words and trying to mislead you and gaslight you into thinking that they they want it to be safe, legal, and rare. Um, they're not really, it's not pro-choice, right? Just like feminism isn't like, oh, we just want the you know, women people to choose what they want to do. Well, as long as it's not being a housewife, then we're going to be mad at you. They're, they're pro-choice as long as your choices kill the baby. Um, that's it. And I just, I don't understand that because that logic is so flimsy and so weak. It it really runs out of gas when you do any sort of thought experiment. Um, So, like one thing is that, the reason it's a catastrophe is that it, you know, for women's reproductive rights. And I'm like, wait a second, I thought, I thought, you know, men could give birth too. I thought it was birthing people. So really it affects everyone, right? When you think about it, not just women, um, but also men who can give birth. Because I, I thought that was the thing. I see sometimes I'm, It's very confusing sometimes. So for example, baby showers are not called uh, fetish showers. Uh, I don't know. Cancer cell growth shower. That's a baby shower. We, we all at that point celebrate recognize that it's a baby in there but if we have the baby shower and then the next day the woman gets an abortion what what is your reaction to that which how should how, how am i supposed to feel about that when we just celebrated your baby but then the next day you kill it i'm supposed to be okay in both situations that's what they want right but you know in your mind that that doesn't make sense that makes no sense that at one second one moment we're all excited because you want the baby but then as soon as you change your mind and don't want it we're supposed to consider it not a baby it's not a baby shower anymore at that time it was a baby shower but now it's not a baby it's just a clump of cells it's a uh, it's a it's a just a thing kind of sucking resources away from you it's not even a baby not even really a, it's a disease right It's something that you want to get rid of and I just don't understand how, you know, like when Beyonce was pregnant, people was people were all excited. I'm like, over what? She hasn't had, a, nothing's happening yet. She's pregnant, but like, that's a, to most people, that's a bad thing. So we should be like, oh yeah, it's going to be rough, but uh, good luck. Instead of like cheering her on and being happy for her, it should be more of like a warning her of what's going to happen, right? Because how terrible giving birth and being pregnant and all that stuff is. Um, but like this is like the the fetal heartbeat part is like a compromise. Like we're meeting you in the middle. Okay, we won't be hardcore about conception, even though we should be. Um, we'll say a, a cause we'll say fetal heartbeat because most people don't even really know that they're pregnant that early. So that's a, that's like a little like switcheroo gotcha that the the Republicans have done in Texas um, and other in other states too. But it's like it's it's a tough argument to make to just delay. The layman, um, you know. Okay, well, we've, you're pregnant, you you are pregnant by a fat. You know, we can prove that, a myriad of ways, and, the baby has a heartbeat, has its own heartbeat. Would you not consider it, alive and its own independent, entity at that point? Which, if you do, underneath in the Constitution, with equal protection under the law. That baby, that human is entitled to certain rights, like the right to life and the right to pursue happiness. So I think it's just hard for people who aren't uh, really in, involved in the, de- the debate, right? Who are kind of like, oh, I wouldn't do it, but I don't want to like dictate what other people do. It should be the mom's decision. If you describe it to them like that, it has a heartbeat. And, uh, the way at that point, when they, when they discover it, when they do the abortion, let's say at eight or 10 weeks, um, they have to like cut him up, take a pill and he dies. And then, the, you know, you're, cause sometimes it can be too big to, to just pass in your next, um, when your next period comes along. Sometimes you'll they'll, they'll take the poison pill, it kills the baby. Um, it might even force you to go, to go into your cycle, force you to menstruate, get the baby out, or if they think it's too big or that's too risky they'll the doctors will go in inside you the person's uterus and just kind of drag and uh, piece by piece the little dead body um that you killed because you didn't it was too much of an inconvenience so um i just think the people who i think people who are like saying this is a catastrophe and this is a a, the, the worst thing ever um I think they should really be honest with what they're arguing, with what, what side they're arguing for, what they really want, right? They they literally are saying, we can't kill the babies as much and as often as we wanted to, as we want to. So we're mad about it. Yeah, I want I want to kill babies. I want I want. <laughs> it's just it's crazy, and I and I believe. Might even ben Shapiro or somebody else even before him came up with this, saying that in a hundred years, you know, we'll look back on abortion and think of it how we think of, like, slavery as this huge stain on human history, American history, this huge stain on our legacy um, because of how just amoral it is, how just gross and disgusting it is, um, and how sad it is right? I mean, there there are people all over America, all over the world who want to have kids, who want a baby and can't have it. They, they, they just, not meant to be, can't make it happen. You know, maybe they could do surrogacy or whatever, but they can't get pregnant. But you can and you did. And the first thing you want to do is kill it and uh, throw it out. I mean, that is, uh, to me, it's as soon as it is conceived, as soon as there is separate DNA inside your uterus, your womb, that's, that's a separate entity. That's a separate person in there now. So we'll see with this, uh, Texas law. Um, cause as soon as someone tries it, then I think the Supreme court, it will go to the Supreme court and they'll actually, that's maybe that's when they'll shut it down. I don't know. Um, I need to do more research and reading into Roe v. Wade, um, like more of the, the background of it because I know, uh, how it turned out and I know why. Um, and, and I'll get, I'll kind of give you my brief understanding of it is that 50 years ago, 1970, something, um, 73, it might be even, I can't remember exactly. Um, that's not really very important it's yeah but it's been basically like 50 years and you know the 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 basic premise was that is the ability to abort your baby protected under the constitution right and so obviously the supreme court decided that yes it is because of this this phrase right to privacy uh which isn't a real thing um, it's just like when people say, like, and, and bring up, like, se- separation of church and state, that doesn't appear in any founding document. Same thing with right to privacy, that doesn't exist, uh, really. And not even really, but it just doesn't exist in the Constitution. Um, but they kind of, like, out of thin air brought that up right to privacy. Oh, and because of that, women have a right to privacy, therefore it's their decision, blah, blah, blah uh they it, it is protected in the constitution even though like when you read the constitution um there's nothing in there that would give you the slightest indication that they're thinking about abortion or or that it even crosses their mind so it's ridiculous how that came to be and i think if there's someone out there who is pro-choice or pro-abortion uh as i like to call them um They have to be at least a little bit honest with themselves and say that, like, I think the outcome of that decision is what I like more than how the outcome was reached, uh, because the way that they got to that, they were able to kind of justify their decision was based off something that wasn't real. And, um, so it was a, it was a very bad decision. And just because the Supreme court decided it 50 years ago, doesn't mean it has to be law forever because People forget that, like Dred Scott, which was a Supreme Court decision that and uh, in, was in 1857, which said that the Constitution does not include American citizenship for African descent, regardless of if you're free or not. Um, that seems like a bad decision. <laughs> um, let me see. I think it might have even yeah uh, a seven two. 7 to 2. Not even, it wasn't even like really that close. So sometimes the Supreme Court gets it wrong. Uh, is that not like a possibility? Can we not re- re-examine the facts? Re-examine what's going on? Because um, I'm pretty sure we know a lot more about pregnancy and uh, and birth and babies and fetuses in general um, now than we did 1970, whatever. So uh, I, I just think... It shouldn't be kicked down the states and have the states decide because if we're serious, if pro-life people are serious and we really consider what they're doing is murder, then it should be federally banned because murder is a federal crime, right? Um, I'm pretty sure. I'd have to look it up. Actually, I am going to look it up right now. So usually murders are handled at the state level in state courts, but It does become a federal problem if you commit murder in the act of breaking some federal crime. And there's tons of federal crimes. So if you kill someone while drug trafficking, which is a federal crime, uh, then you probably get murder one, go to prison forever. So I think at a federal level, it should be banned. Uh, I don't think it should. Hillary Clinton back in the day is the one who coined safe, legal and rare. Why has it got to be rare? Right. Um, if you think it's like no big deal, no problem. There's no moral uh, downside to this. It should people should be able to willy nilly uh, get abortions and celebrate it? And you know, it's part of life. It's a reproductive choice. Um, why is it got to be rarer Then that's them kind of like showing their hand a little bit that they kind of know what they're doing. But I've never truly understood why some people on the pro-abortion side right i can get why people on, pro, on the pro life side would get so like heated cuz they literally think it's murder i just don't see why people are so committed to the cause of i just want to kill my baby at any time during the pregnancy um, it's just, it just sound it just there is no sound and convincing argument for me to believe that that is the case it's people will say well i think it's the woman's choice no, the, the mom does not have a, a choice in killing her baby. Nobody can choose that. <laughs> that's that's ridiculous. You know, my body, my choice is not your body. That's a baby in there, right? That is dependent on you, but that, that ain't your. That ain't you. It has separate DNA. Has its own heartbeat, right? As it's as it grows and grows, it's going to have all kinds of separate things than what you than what you have, right? So it's not my body, my choice, right? It That, that doesn't fit. That, that doesn't, That's not relative to what we're talking about. Does not related because we're not talking about your body. We're talking about the baby, the baby's body, and its life. So, I mean, as you can tell, I'm pretty passionate about it. I'll probably keep talking about it as the news unfolds, see if the Supreme Court does actually weigh in. Because uh, if they do, if they don't, and they, they just let it happen, that'd be great. Um, but if they do, and then they still decide the same you know, five four or whatever, to allow it to happen. Or maybe it leads to something greater. I don't know. Um I just think that this is a win for people who are pro life. Uh, and is a fresh you know, I don't know how long it's gonna last, but you gotta celebrate it while you can. One last thing I wanna cover before uh closing out and ending this podcast is I, I watched a video um kind of explaining uh, if you were to break down the federal government budget, um, how much you could fund the government if you cut certain things. Like, could, could we break even? Could we cut programs and stuff and figure out a way to balance the budget? And he did this in a way of every time he would cut something, he would say, well, how many days of federal funding does that give us? So I looked at the 2022 uh, budget proposal because obviously it's not 2022 yet uh, but this is the proposal um, and that that's been put forth by the white house and <clears throat> it's kind of contradictory some places when it says like what they are going to ask for in terms of defense because if you don't know what discretionary and non-discretionary means just think of discretion if i say something's at your discretion. It's up to you when you do that. So discretionary spending is kind of like spending that's voted on and is changing year to year. Um, and so all of the DOD, all of the defense budget is inside of this discretionary spending, um, as, well, as well as some other non-defense discretionary spending. But all of the DOD, right? So you, you could theoretically one year vote to have zero dollars, no money towards the, the Department of Defense, Not um, but there's also a non-defense spending, which in 2022 is they're asking for more non-defense spending than they are defense spending. And when it comes to, um, so non-defense discretionary spending, that is like the Department of Agriculture or Department of Education, um, and a lot of federal aid programs, you know, like SNAP is in there, um, welfare unemployment checks, stuff like that, uh, are in there. And that would be uh, a couple, couple hundred, maybe 150 billion more than what is asked for defense. And so I said, if we cut all defense spending where we don't have an army and Navy an air force or Marines or anything, no defense spending at all, we get rid of all of it um and i could even go further i just didn't do the math i did not could do the math um maybe maybe someone's already figured it out but the total value of you know everything we we have right now all ships and planes and bombs and everything bullets we sold all of it how much money could we get and how long could we fund the government for uh so i took that and that's going to be like 750ish billion dollars for dod spending in 2022 and then non-defense spending is roughly uh, $900 billion. And it depends on where you look in the budget, in the PDF for the uh, fiscal year 2022 budget. Um, Like the first, the table S-3 is baseline by category. And it says non-defense outlays is 913, 2022. So that's what we're working with. So if we cut all of the defense for 2022 and, and we also cut all non-defense discretionary spending, which includes everything that I said before, like any urban housing development programs, like I said, food stamps, uh, unemployment, all kinds of stuff, um, that would be non-defense discretionary spending that's gonna keep growing. That's projected to keep growing from the CBO while um, defense budget either goes down or stays the same. No one really cares about that. Uh, but the big argument you always hear from people is that, oh, if we just cut DOD spending by this much, we could pay for so, they, they must think that the DOD gets the, uh, the lion's share of the budget, right? And you would think that, at least not in 2022, But maybe in the past, you would think that um, DOD spending, defense spending, was taking up too much space in the non-discretionary spending part. Uh, But if we cut both of those things underneath discretionary spending, um, the 2022 federal deficit, which is the deficit that they run that year, is the difference between how much they want to spend, how much they project to get. Uh, there's still, if we cut all discretionary spending, we're still in the hole, $170 billion for 2022, which over the last couple of years probably wouldn't even be that bad. Um, but that is saying that we basically have no form of government. The only thing that the government does is give out social security checks and take care of Medicare, Medicaid. Uh, we could that shuts down the White House there's no need to run the capital we're not the government really doesn't do anything besides pay money on its already existing debt and um, give checks to old people and take care of poor and old people's health care I guess Re- refund them when they go to the doctor I'm not sure how Medicare Medicaid actually works uh, I just know that it costs a lot of money um, so if we were to remove defense spending and then non-defense spending uh we'd still be in the hole so we couldn't we still couldn't fund the government fully for a whole year we'd still run a deficit which means we'd have to either print money or borrow it probably just borrow it uh i did the math a little bit quick math uh on the 2022 projected deficit or, or the projected spending which is going to be over six trillion that's kind of insane doesn't it sound like an insane number um like, do you does the government need six trillion dollars? Six trillion? That's crazy. When you when they're already projecting to make over four trillion in in uh, receipts revenue. So the twenty two deficit with no cuts really as it is right now is almost two trillion dollars. Two trillion. So per day, the government would be spending sixteen and a half billion dollars a day. Yeah, $16.5 billion a day. So if we took what we saved by cutting all non-defense spending and then defense spending, we added that up and we divide by how many days, you know, the, the $16.5 billion the government spending per day, we get how many days we could fund the government if we cut all defense and all non-defense. And we get 101 days. So if we started January 1st, 101 days from January 1st is Tuesday, April 12th, 2022. Um, so we, we would we would get maybe not even a third of the way through the year. Because um, 101, there's 100, 365. Yeah, so not even, we're almost with a third. And that is us having no defense budget. So we wouldn't have any money to pay Army. So I guess we would just have the equipment uh, sitting there. Uh, but no people, no navy, no army, no marines, no nothing. No nothing. And then non-defense spending, there's no unemployment, there's no nothing. There's no federal um assistance to uh police and firefighters in locally in states uh stuff like that. Um so you might be thinking to yourself, you know. I mean, that's a lot for not can, can we just make the the non-discretionary smaller? I and mean, we could. Um it's in 2022, they're saying non-discretionary is $1.6 trillion. Um, but let's take a look at what, what are our mandatory programs. These are programs that we have to fund no matter what. Um, and so those are the main things. Those are Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and then interest. So And then it says other mandatory programs, but that isn't a, uh, a, a main part, I guess. Or just has other mandatory programs. I'm just not sure where they're getting this this number from. But um, Medicare and Medicaid combined uh, is like 1.2 trillion, and then Social Security is probably 1.2 trillion by itself. Um, so if you add those two together, you're you're talking well over two trillion. Um, but we can't touch that and then it's like 350 billion per year to just pay interest on the debt that we're going to add to um so so I want to end kind of on this thought and uh, and then I'll talk about logistics and some some meta stuff about the, the podcast so just ask yourself as a, as a voter as a person who's eligible to vote does 4.1 percent trillion dollars is that enough to run a government is that enough or does it does the government need more why does it always need more why like things have gotten things have gotten better like lifestyles and um just life in general they've gotten better since you know the 60s the war on poverty was declared um like i feel like people who aren't poor like, life got better despite all that stuff, right? Like, if imagine if the, the the government didn't have these huge deficits, didn't have this huge debt to worry about, right? Like, why not? Why is there no, there's no talk currently of saying, like, okay, well, I think I saw a, a prediction that based on the way people are aging and growing right now, there will be almost 90 million People above the age of 65 in the United States by 2050, 90 million. There's n- that we we can't afford all those people on Social Security. There's no chance. So you you get there's got to be some talk. You got to approach the subject because those are the big spenders, right? Obviously, like non-defense uh, discretionary spending, we can talk. But like you're not really, like I said, you've cut all of both of those. You're still in the hole, like almost two hundred billion dollars. So you need to approach the the difficult subject of well, maybe um, we can tell people below the age, some certain age, and it, it really just pick an age. Let's say anyone below the age of fifty-seven. Um, yeah, uh, sorry. Maybe, maybe 57 is too old since you're right there, but anyone below the age of 50, I don't know, pick an age because I already know that when I look at my pay stub and I can see the money being taken out, I know I'm not getting that back. And I get the idea that it's, it's a, it's a forced savings account that doesn't earn interest. It was supposed to, I think in the beginning, but I know I'm not going to get that money back. I know it's fine. So I'm meeting people my age and younger. Just tell us and count us out. Right. Just don't take it out of my taxes because that's what's happening is that all the young people, all the people who aren't in these, in Medicare or uh, Social Security, all the people who aren't in it are paying for the people who are in it because there are a lot, they're living too long. They didn't think about this when they came up with the program, however many years ago, that all these baby boomers were going to get old, like kind of at the same time and overrun the system. I mean, so you, like, do you really think? social security or medicare is like liquid and soluble and like there's cash there uh in 20 years how about 10 years is it even going to be around 10 years from now um like we're not going to we're not we're not going to touch that stuff at all we're not going to cut it at all it's right like then we're not going to make any meaningful progress when it comes to balancing the budget um and the more and more that we have these huge deficits per year and add to the national debt, the closer and closer we get to defaulting and countries can default. You can just tell your creditors or whatever, uh, sorry, I'm not gonna pay you back. Now, all of a sudden, no one wants to, you know, cause everyone looks at America and is like, that's a pretty safe bet. Right? So buy bonds, do all that stuff. You know, we'll, we'll let you, we'll lend you money. Cause we know you're good for it. You know, you're America after all, but there could come a time that we just say, we default, we declare bankruptcy just like you would as an individual and say, uh, I don't have it. Sorry. Good luck. Then the value of the U S dollar probably goes down. And then, so now they're looking for probably a different, uh, currency to kind of dominate the market. And that's probably going to be the Chinese currency. What is it? The one or whatever. Um, and so every day that passes, every fiscal year that goes by and every time they run a deficit and every time they add to the debt and the longer they wait to either, um, raise taxes to pay for this stuff or have some sort of austerity measures in place, cut spending. Um, the longer we wait to do either one of those things, and I'm not saying we should raise taxes. I would much rather just cut and and be able to have a uh, a surplus and have that just naturally help pay for the um, the debt. But one of those two things has got to happen, and no one is is talking about. No one wants to raise taxes, right? Because that's unpopular, and no one wants to cut any of these like social programs because that is quote unquote unpopular. Um, but something's got to give because we can't just keep living like this forever. I mean, if that's just the 2022. I mean, who knows what it, the next couple of years that Biden is in office, how large those budgets are going to be. But at 4.1, that's not enough money. 4.1 trillion. We could, I mean, I'm down to even cut spending on defense a little, a little bit. Like some of these bases that are overseas, like closing them and moving them back to America, that could save us a little bit. But like defense is one of the things in the Constitution outlined as a responsibility of the government. So that's what it's supposed to be doing. Everything else should be up for grabs, right? There sh- we should not be approaching this with a scalpel. It should be with a machete. should be cutting out stuff like crazy because when your deficit, the distance between how much money you're making and how much money you're spending is $2 trillion in one year. This is 2022. This is, I didn't, this is not 2020 where there's COVID stuff, whatever. This is 2022, right? Supposedly things wouldn't be better. But still, like, that... Two trillion deficit—that's crazy—and we're just gonna like just keep letting it happen, keep doing the same old, same old. And I'm not this isn't even like a right or left thing because they both do it. No one—when's the last time someone didn't add to the budget every year of their office? Right? It's like the '90s, and that wasn't even a Republican president, um, but it was a Republican—I think House and Senate. Um, but like every I mean, Trump didn't uh, slow down the spending. Biden sure is not slowing down, and I I don't think, unless we get someone serious in there, and it's, it's only going to come from the the right, the the Republican Party, you're definitely not going to get a, a Democrat in there who is like, well, yeah, I definitely want to cut spending. Um, they will come and say that they want to raise taxes, right? They want to do that, but they don't want to cut spending. Um, so I don't know. We'll, we'll see how this plays out. I don't know. This is only the pr- pr- proposed it, I might be behind the times, and it's already been approved or whatever. I don't. I don't know. Um, I just. I think it's ridiculous that, you know, you cut all non-discretionary spending, and it only funds the government for a hundred days. So we gotta touch some of that mandatory spending. Uh, obviously, the interest on debt we can't not pay. Yeah, I don't know why I felt compelled to talk about that, but I. Uh, I, I just wanted to bring that up. Um, I'll have better content next time and I'm going to start posting more frequently. I just had kind of a rough, uh, week there, in my own personal life. Um, maybe I'll talk about it a little bit next time, not get into the nitty gritty details, but, uh, just talk about what's talk about me a little bit, Get have you guys get to know me better. Um, but as for this podcast, I think we're, we're about done. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Um, sorry, I haven't posted it in a long time. I'll try to have it be a rare thing, but sometimes you just got to focus on what's most important. And, uh, I just didn't want to put out anything that was like, would be bad or frowned upon, or that seemed lazy. So, um, thanks for listening. I hope you will check out, uh, future podcasts. And, uh, so with that being said, I'll talk to you guys later.